from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear through the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again and your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, good morning again. We are continuing in our series out of Philippians, and I wanted to recap a little bit about where we started last week. Last week, we looked at, to, at the intro to Philippians, and there Paul is thankful for the believers in the church at Philippi for their encouragement and also for their support of the mission and, and the way that they are partnering with Paul in the advancement of the kingdom. And last week we talked specifically about growing in love and knowledge or, or depth of insight and how those two things work together as we love God and get to know more about God, but also as we love one another and we are called to get to know more about one another and to know more about what each other is going through, what we're dealing with, and as we know more, our, our love grows more and more. 
Well, this morning we're going to take a look more at the situation that Paul finds himself in. Paul gives us a little glimpse into his situation and, and how he's living and how things have kind of unfolded in his life. So that's what we'll focus on this morning. As we look deeper into this text, would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. I thank you just for the way that your word continues to speak into our lives and, and speak into the situations that we're facing and dealing with. Holy Spirit, would you come and just open up our hearts and our minds to receive your message this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we think about Paul writing this letter to the church in Philippi, what's happened to Paul? Paul is now in prison. He's probably under some kind of house arrest in Rome. We know that he's being guarded by the palace guard, or some translations say the imperial guard. But this is the, the praetorium guard. These are bodyguards, these are elite soldiers uh, who are known for, for guarding people, they're elite troops, and they are guarding Paul. Everyone has come to know that Paul is under arrest, that Paul is in chains, he says, because of Christ. Surely most of the Romans would have seen Paul as hopelessly confused because Paul only follows one God instead of worshiping the multitude of gods that was common in Greece and, and Rome. It also appears that some were beginning to take an interest in this Messiah of Paul's. Even though a lot of Romans would have seen, well, you know, you're proclaiming this Jesus as Messiah, and didn't we crucify him? And yet because Paul's testimony, because of his courage, uh, despite the chains, some are starting to sit up and take notice. We know that Paul's testimony was encouraging to other believers who began to speak out about the good news without fear. You know, Paul's courage was, was contagious. His, his boldness was contagious. And, and that seems to happen a lot with, with us as humans. You know, I think a few years ago with the EYN, the, the Church of the Brethren in Nigeria, and some of the uh, persecution that they were facing, and they continue to face even today, even this week. And yet their boldness, their, their courage in continuing to preach about Jesus and to continue to bear witness to the Prince of Peace Man, that, that, that boldness, that, that courageous spirit kind of infects all of us. And, and I think all of us start to feed off of that. You know, one of the things that's amazing about Paul's life, if, if you remember, he was a, a Pharisee who was trying to snuff out the message of Jesus and, and what his followers were proclaiming. And now Paul... Paul is proclaiming that same good news that he had tried to stamp out. Now he is being arrested. He's going through all these different situations, all these different persecutions to proclaim that same message. He's been beaten up. He's been left for dead. He's been imprisoned and shipwrecked, and now he's under arrest. 
And truth be told, he doesn't know if he's going to make it out of this situation alive. And Paul doesn't really care. He's got that much confidence in Jesus the Messiah that whether he stays or goes, he wants the church in Philippi to know it's all about Jesus. Everything that has been intended to shut Paul up has only led to the further proclamation of the gospel. These chains are meant to stop Paul, meant to to shame him and, and silence him. Apparently, some are ashamed of Paul's chains, maybe thinking, well, Paul's just this this troublemaker. Paul writes in verse 12, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul faces other challenges. Other people are preaching Christ, he says, out of a sense of envy and and rivalry, which is, is just pretty messed up motives for trying to proclaim Jesus. We talked in our Bible study on Wednesday about how Paul or, or Jesus would see the way sometimes our churches are in competition with one another. Or how Jesus or Paul would have responded to uh, church splits over the years and even now. You know, think about it. If you were in Paul's position, how would you respond? How would you react to, to these others that feel like they're in a, in a rivalry with you? Again, Paul has confidence in his mission and his ministry in what Christ has called him to. He's glad that people are hearing about Jesus and he's not really concerned if it's coming from him or coming from someone else. So let's get personal for a moment. I was born and raised in in the Church of the Brethren. And if I look at all the the different tribes of Brethren, followers of Jesus and all the the adjectives that are used to describe groups of Christians, the one I most identify myself with is the Anabaptists. I think there's a, a lot going for that expression of following Jesus, but I want you to know it's not the only one, and it's not necessarily the right one. There are lots of followers of Jesus who are passionate about Jesus, who are proclaiming the good news, who aren't Anabaptist or aren't brethren, and frankly, they've never heard those words or they don't know even know what they mean. I don't think that we need to stop being who Jesus is calling me to be or calling Spring Creek Church of the Brethren to be. You know, Paul doesn't apologize for doing things the way that he thinks are most faithful. But Paul also cheers others on. Remember in 1 Corinthians, he mentions Peter and Apollos. And he says that some plant and some water, but it's God who makes it grow. You know, to top it all off, like I said earlier, Paul's not sure he's going to make it out of this situation alive. And the spoiler alert is that he won't make it out of this alive. But even in the face of death, Paul isn't discouraged because for Paul, it's all about Christ. It's not really about Paul. It's not really about the chains. It's not really about the things that he's gone through. He says these are all opportunities 
for people to hear about Jesus. So basically, Paul says, look, I long to be with Jesus. And so if my time has come on this earth, then praise Jesus, hallelujah. But if I'm called to stay and continue and help nurture your faith, praise Jesus, hallelujah. See, some of the others that are around Paul are are seeing things a little bit different than Paul is. Others see chains and imprisonment. But Paul sees a freeing of the gospel that the good news is being proclaimed. The, The good news hasn't been kept up. The good news hasn't been bound up. It's being freed. It's being proclaimed. Others see a, a sense of shame in, in Paul's chains. But, but Paul talks in different places about boasting in Jesus, being excited about what Jesus is doing. Others see an opportunity out of envy and rivalry. They're, they're in competition with Paul. But Paul just sees other people proclaiming Jesus. He, he just sees the good news going forth. Others would see the possibility of death. Paul sees the hope of being with Jesus. It's about taking the, the good out of the bad. Things that could be viewed as hindrances, Paul sees as opportunities Ways in which the the adversary is trying to discourage. Paul is finding hope and finding joy. So let's just take a moment to let that sink in as we sing together when peace like a river.
I invite you to join me in a, in a posture of humility to either bend your knees and kneel or just bend your hearts this morning. Jesus, I confess, I confess that seeing the situation around me, I have often been overwhelmed. With a pandemic, with unemployment, with closed businesses, stress in our homes, anxiety and worry about seeing other people or not seeing other people or jobs and, and, and everything. Overwhelmed and unsure how to respond to racism, to, to violence, to confrontation, to competing media and political narratives. God, we confess that our eyes are not always on you. And we confess that we have missed the mark in each of our lives. Jesus, continue to renew us, grow in us love and knowledge. Give us vision to see how you can take even the worst of situations that we have created ourselves and you can bring good out of bad. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sisters and brothers, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. So know that you are forgiven and lift your eyes to follow Jesus. Look, I want you to, to think about this. How has our, our physical restriction, being kept at home, um, not being able to, to go out and, and to be with people, how has that restriction helped the, the loosing or the expansion of the gospel? Consider this, that our, our views of our worship time together are higher than our average attendance. In fact, these have been an opportunity uh, kind of as a, as a front door to Spring Creek to say, welcome, welcome to Spring Creek Church of the Brethren. And, you know, when we are able to regather, when we're able to be with one another, when we're able to, to sit down and, and have fellowship and, and break bread and, and do all the things that we are usually doing together in ministry, we would love to have you join us. Love to, to sit down and get to know you more and share more of Jesus with you. What have you been learning through this time of being restricted? Maybe how have you become aware of priorities in your own life? And this has been a strange time for a lot of us in, in different ways. You know, personally, I've had um, some really down days in the last few months. Um, you know, we didn't plan on any of this. The, we just didn't have any idea. But what do we see? Paul sees the, the freeing of the gospel, people proclaiming Jesus, opportunities for growth, and the hope in any situation of being with Jesus. Paul writes these words at uh, the end of verse 18. 
He says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way, in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. May we celebrate God's provision. May we find sufficient courage in Christ. And may our confidence in being with Jesus bring us hope as it did for Paul. And now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great week, Spring Creek.